Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. But it is Monday morning, and that usually means we are joined by Jeffrey Essery, who joins us on the phone to the S&T Communications Hotline. Good morning, Jeffrey. How was the weekend? Good morning. It was a good weekend of football, except for the result of yesterday's game. So other than that, um, good stuff. Yes, you're right. Uh, if you're a Denver Broncos fan, it was certainly not the best. Uh, it was certainly wasn't the best night ever, and the first best uh, best game ever as the Broncos lose 16 to 14. And there's plenty of things I want to dive into here, uh, but when you look at that game, how much blame do you put on that kind of interesting roughing the passer call on Chubb? I think you've got to give a lot of weight to it. I mean, obviously. The, the thing that ultimately decided the game, um, and we would talk about it at Mile High Report, is you know the, the terrible play throughout the game from a lot of um, different facets of the Broncos. And so you can't lay it all at, you know, at the feet of that one call because there was obviously a lot of other plays that Denver could have and should have made. Um, and also that you, know, you left a big 4th and 15 play by Mitch Trubisky go. Um, but, of course, the roughing the passer kind of led to that. And so, I mean, I think it's a big one, and Broncos fans are upset about it, and understandably so. And on the same side, you know, if you're a Bears fan, you, you, you had to be irate earlier on in the game when I think it was Eddie Goldman um, hit Joe Flacco. And I said, you know, even as a Broncos fan, I was like, that wasn't a good call at all when Denver picked up a roughing the passer call for a similar type of hit. Jeffrey Essery is our guest here on the Morning Blitz as we uh, talk everything Broncos. Of course, he writes for the Mile High Report. Uh, that 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 last second put on the clock, do you feel like that was a problem that should have been double zero game was over, or do you feel like, uh, how do you feel in that last second call? 
Yeah, I think so. And, I, and if, if anything, and you know, perhaps the league office will give an explanation or something in the next day or two. But there wasn't a lot of good explanation giving it in my mind. You know, Derek Wolf after the game was talking about it said, you know, they didn't tell us anything. We thought the game was over, and all of a sudden there's a ghost second that gets put back on the clock. You know, and that's kind of what it felt like um, from just looking at it with the the naked eye and the replay. It looked like it was on double zeros, and if anything. You know, I mean, perhaps they said right before the play to the officials that as soon as his knee was down, they wanted to call a timeout. So maybe they got it in under the wire. But it was it was really close. And, you know, you compound that with the roughing the passer call. And I, I think Denver fans feel uh, a little uh, potentially cheated after the a comeback win that would have been. Jeff, are you there? Did we lose you for a second? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, there we go. Sorry, you dropped out for a second. Uh, uh, Jeffrey Esri joins us here on the phone, uh, talking Denver Broncos 16-14 to loss to the Chicago Bears. Lots of drama, lots of uh, question marks uh, with the ending of this football game. You know, we've, this is the first time we've talked to you since the Broncos have played two games. Of course, the Monday night game versus Oakland, and now this game versus Chicago. I want to know, when you look at these first two games, the I don't have it. You know, the defense was questionable in the Oakland Raider game, which I was kind of surprised it looked that sad. It bounced back versus the Bears in this second game. But I will tell you what, this offense has got to score touchdowns. They're not scoring enough touchdowns to win football games. It's simple as that. Yeah, say it louder for the folks in the back. <laughs> it's, it's a um, huge issue. And, you know, and we talked about it several weeks leading up to the season. You know, and I were talking about the – lack of scoring in the red zone, and that's been the, the big key. You know, Denver's kicked five field goals and only scored two touchdowns. Um, I tweeted out last night, you know, the, the league average of points last year in 2018 was 23.3 points was just league average point scoring per game across the board, and Denver currently sits at 15 points per game, which, you know, if, obviously it's only two games, but if you extrapolate that out, Last year, that would have put them at 31st overall in points per game next to the Arizona Cardinals, and that's just not enough to get it done in the National Football League. You know, your defense is holding the other team, you know, especially uh, this um, past game, held the Bears to several field goals and just one touchdown on just a couple, you know, busted plays in the run game. Um, but they did enough to win, I thought. Um, but the offense can't go out there and score, you know, struggle to score just 14 points and expect to come away winning games. You know, you can get by with that maybe once or twice, but you can't consistently do that. I mean, I was I was talking about this last, uh, I think it was after on Tuesday after the Monday night game for Denver. You know, take away, take that up the preseason for the first teamers uh, and then that Oakland Raider game and now this game. What have they scored? Is it three, two or three touchdowns that they've all been on the field? Two or three, I just think, two. is the number. Just two. Yeah, two two throughout, touchdowns. Throughout the preseason, yeah. Two. That is never going to get anything done. I mean, that's the amazing part. Uh, Jeffrey Estry joins us here in the Morning Blitz. This is supposed to be, I thought, going into the season, this would be a team that's going to be able to run the football a little bit better with Royce Freeman and, and Philip Lindsay. And through two games, that hasn't looked that great. And I think they've relied way too much on Joe Flacco. 50 attempts passing in that last game versus the Bears. That's got to get more leveled out, I think. Yeah, and I think, you know, I was actually impressed with the way the offense came out um, against the Bears. They looked pretty sharp. They moved the ball. I was surprised at how well they were able to move the ball a little bit against the, you know, Bears defense. But to your point, you, I mean, they got down into the red zone and 
you know, the play calling was a little bit questionable in terms of, you know, not being able to hand it off. They had Philip Lindsay on the goal line and trying to pound it in with him. They didn't hand off to Royce Freeman and let him just kind of, you know, pound it in at the goal line. But then their concepts at the goal line just aren't looking, um, you know, very creative. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if Rich Scangarello is just maybe trying to play it safe, but, you know, they've run essentially from my count, nothing but fades and that slant flat concept. You know, one of them got picked by Flacco and then they scored on the two points on it. So, you know, it's kind of a, it's not a bad concept, but you can't just rely on a couple plays down in the goal line. And we really haven't seen much of them from an, you know, offensive creativity standpoint down there in the red zone. And that's really where you make your money as an offensive coordinator and as a quarterback in the NFL. And Denver just hasn't done it. Yeah, I just this watching this team and how they just can't seem to 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 put the ball in the end zone is amazing. I, I guess I want to go back to that question. Do you feel like they're relying too much on Joe Flacco to throw the ball? I'd have to look at the tape of this Bears game, but it felt like they were kind of taking what the defense gave them. Denver or the Bears were sitting back. Um, I think you know with some some high shells, and so we didn't see some of the deep shots in the play-action passing game. Um, and obviously they have a stout front seven. Um, but I thought Denver you know, did get some movement in the running game a little bit. Um, but I'd have to look at it to see if you know, there, there probably are some areas that they could have run the ball um, where they were, were passing a little bit. But I thought Flacco did all right in the short passing game. Um, you know, he started out, I think, 10 for 10. Uh, starting out. But, yeah, I mean, you never want to see your quarterback, especially when he's – you know, a guy that's supposed to be playing complimentary football with the rest of the offense, throwing it 50 times. That's never a, a recipe for success, typically. Jeffrey, before we let you go, I want to get more of a broad picture. Do you feel like the NFL has almost kind of backed itself into a corner when it comes to the officiating of the game and instant replays and double and triple checking, making sure everything gets right? And you feel like it's almost hurt the, hurt, hurt the game as a whole? Yeah, I think so. I was not a fan of the pass interference, you know, replayability when it was proposed. And fortunately, it's just a one-year trial proposal. And, you know, perhaps there's enough um, out, uh, outrage at some of the calls throughout the season that they decided to kind of do away with it. But I think specifically with, you know, if you're going to make certain penalties reviewable, you've got to go to more of the cut-and-dried ones. I think, you know, um, you know, a face mask call or something like that. Those are pretty, you know, cut and dried, and those, you know, potentially are easy to miss. But you know, the player gets the hand on a face mask, it's a, it's a flag. You know, that's, um, that's not very subjective. Pass interference is one of the most, you know, subjective calls out there, and you could argue just like holding that it happens all the time. And so you go back and play it in slow motion, and guys are hand fighting, and. Yeah, I mean, coaches don't know what a call is and what isn't, what will be overturned. And, you know, then you got the offensive pass interference stuff going on where, you know, receivers are trying to get some leverage on the routes and maybe they push off a little bit. And, you know, obviously some of those are egregious and, and should be called, but you can't go back and start replay legislating every second of football. It just, it's too much. Um, and I think, you know, last, yesterday we saw that kind of come to a head. We, I mean, I think it was the, the Vikings against the Packers, they lost a touchdown because of one of those um, offensive pass interferences that got reviewed. And so I hope the league kind of tapers it out a little bit. But once you, the issue is once you put it in the coach's hands, they can throw a flag on anything they want to. And so 
I don't know that we're going to see it slow down or get any better um, over the next couple of weeks unless the, the league office kind of sets a line in the sand of what they're going to call and what they're not because right now it's kind of all over the board. He is Jeffrey Essery of Mile High Report. Uh, Jeffrey, we always appreciate your time on a Monday morning, and have a good week. We'll catch up with you next one. All right, I appreciate you. Thanks.